What's up, guys? Welcome back, Push Through. Here we are, Brad Finn, JJ Buckner. How you doing, bud? I'm um, doing all right. I got my camel shirt on. This hasn't made an appearance in a while. Uh, I got me a little LaCroix sitting here. And yeah, dude, can't complain. Had a good weekend. Had family in this weekend. That's always good when the family visits. I feel like they're there every weekend. Uh, every weekend, no, you got somebody coming in. Well, we do have a lot. Of, we do have people coming in quite a bit. We got, you know, Lindsay's side is her dad, then her mom, and, you know, her dad's side, then her mom's side, and then my family. And so, yeah, it's always a, it's always a show here at the household. Look at you with the big family. <laughs> it was fun, though, dude. They, uh, yeah. It's always cool, like, to show people around, you know, the new area that you live. And uh, kind of see what their thoughts are and stuff on it and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's also just to see the the new way of life, you know, how we live down here in Florida and 65 degree weather in December. Yeah, that's you never get used to that, dude. What do you mean? Like I, I when I lived in Arizona, I was there for many winters. And oh yeah, I always yeah. had I always had to choose coming home for Christmas or Thanksgiving, and I generally came over Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving's dope. And uh, every every Christmas, like you just never get used to like lights on a on a palm tree. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool. Like I like it, but me being like old style Christmas vibe, it's not the same feeling. Like it's not the same christmas feeling although like on my 11 mile run saturday i was digging the weather <laughs> you know like that's when i do like it being december and uh you know 60 70 degree weather but when we got christmas movies on in the evening or something like that and it's like still hot outside or not, not hot but like still like warm for december it's yeah definitely uh definitely something like you said i may never get used to i see i'm still the opposite like i I went out and ran for a while yesterday and like didn't break a sweat. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I like thinking to myself, man, how many layers can I put on today before I start to sweat? That's, that's prime. Like we raced yesterday in like mid forties, maybe like, I think at the start it was like 40 and it got up to 48, maybe 50. Mm -hmm. That's bang, bang. Yeah, I feel like that's still good. As long as like the sun's out. Like I think for me what would suck is like when it's cold and wet. And I feel like that happens a lot in Missouri in the wintertime. And that's just something that would suck for running. Yeah. Uh for me at least. I mean, I know some people like I like running in the rain, but not when it's cold. <laughs> that's cold and wet is a terrible combination. That is not motivating for me at all. But, I'm having flashbacks to grindstone right now. Oh, like, dude, you're, that you're giving me oh a you're giving me a complex right now. <laughs> Oh, PTSD, dude. So bad. So bad. Well, tell me, let's talk about your run quick. Um, okay. And also like the progression of the marathon. I know a lot of people are actually, before we get to us, let's talk mm -hmm. about um, some things I saw pop up through the discord and on Instagram. I mean, we, we've said this before, but not many people ever like reached out to us. Some people did, but not many people reached out to us and was like, Hey guys, just want to let you know I'm debt free. Thanks for motivating me to do that. Or, you know, hey, I opened up a Roth IRA. Thanks a lot. But I feel like on a weekly basis, somebody's reaching out to us, being like, "Shit, I was I was investing with you guys for years, and then I figured, hey, why don't I give this fitness thing a try? And now, like, we're turning we're turning money people into runners. And uh, 
I'm pretty sure Corey had his first like 20. I think it was Corey who had his first yeah, 20 mile week. Uh, 20 miles total volume. Kicked that off with a nice four and a half mile run yesterday. You know, and uh, people running marathons. So who who hit us today that ran the marathon? I'm looking it up right now. Hang on. Oops. Uh, it was Josh Everett. What am I thinking? It was Josh. Was it? Yeah. It, it was. was. Yep. It was, it was Josh. Sorry, Josh. I forgot about I've, I just couldn't put like the name. I was like thinking of their Instagram name. I was like, oh, I'm thinking of the. All I see is his picture on Instagram. Well, I'm, like doing chin ups. You're right, though. You're right, though, dude. I mean, we have so many more people reaching out in the in the push through community of you know new running you know goals they've completed or or stuff yeah. they've done and running marathons and five Ks and you know starting to signing up for ultras and whatnot. I mean, it's it's uh definitely cool and also to go back to like the finance times like we never really got much feedback like mm-hmm. we saw downloads and stuff happening but we never really got feedback seeing this feedback is cool because we know there's people listening you know like yes. getting the feedback and like hey we're listening to you guys training for the marathon running your ultras whatever you got going on and then they're doing it too it's kick ass and no one's having, and no one seems to be that like uncomfortable being like it's only a mile it's cuz mm-hmm. i mean the the ones that have been listening to this podcast for a while know that when I started running, I was a fat, drunk, useless piece of shit. And <laughs> I I started off trying to barely get through a mile per day. Like the newer people that are listening, they're like, this guy's running ultra marathons on a weekly basis. Well, what does he know about running a mile? It's like, dude. She started there. Go back. Yep. Go go back even to this podcast. I'm sure it's in the title somewhere. We're like mile streak or starting mm-hmm. a running streak. And the first one we did when we're I drank a six pack we or drink a 12 pack on this podcast. And I was like, I'm starting the mile streak right now. And like went out the door. And like, so I mean, that's the other thing too. Like people don't feel ashamed because that's I'm even talking to my buddy Nick before, and he's like, I'm trying to work up to a 5k, which I know is pathetic. I'm like, dude, you know how many people don't fucking run 5ks? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like that's not pathetic, man. And uh, that's, that's been mostly the case where people are like, man, I just got out and I did a mile or two, you know? And then I got, you got Corey buying $600 Garmin watches and the guy hasn't even run. And, you know, furthermore, we're getting to the end of the year where people like buy our money nerds are, are statisticians by nature, right? Very few people are, following personal finance and they don't have like some sort of data driven right. like need for data. So now it's the end of the year where we can start talking end of the year goals, how much you ran and things like that. That's I'm getting fired up. Like I just saw I, I'm going to pass 5 million steps for the year. I'm like something as silly as like step goals now become so much better. But so shout out to those guys and anybody else, please let us know. Cause that's, sh- that shit winds my clock. I love, we love it. it. Yeah. I love it. But Tag back yeah, t- t- tag yeah, definitely tag us and let tag us, us know. on Instagram because uh, we we see stuff and we're trying to follow as many people as we can from the community. Yep. Um, but obviously we can't you know follow everybody or we don't even know. So a lot of you are anonymous, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so tell know. me about your uh, tell me about your run and how the training's gone, man. Yep, crossed over 500 miles for the year, so that's my big accomplishment. <laughs> Speaking of which, there we go. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever run 500 miles in a year? Never ran five miles. 500 miles in my life you know do you think, so uh what do you think because you never really were been on strava and things like that do you mm-hmm. think you've ever run 100 miles in a year no way 50 
No. That would be a mile a week. Nope. Never, never done that. Even like in wrestling, like running around that little circle and you're little with your little buddies, like, ah, uh, high school sport. You never ran 50 miles in a year. Now that you say that, probably with <laughs> wrestling, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that's a mile a week. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Throwing, wrestling's throwing only like during, two or three months, you know? Yeah. As I throwing during and the I know season, I was you, you, <laughs> I wasn't running at all. I know once season was over. <laughs> so I mean, so I don't your know. over under is like roughly fifty for the year, probably. Yeah, and then you just knocked out ten x that. Yep. And there's still two weeks left in the year. Uh, hang on, I'm going to say this. I know for a fact I haven't ran fifty miles in a year. That's, no way. See, I never, I never ran, dude. Like literally, if it was wrestling, I thought me running a lot would be like a mile run. Yeah. Like if I would go like out one morning or one night and it was like a Saturday or Sunday, I'd go for a mile run. And that was, I was like, oh, cool. I, I did my run. I'm, I'm good. Like, no way did I probably hit 50. Uh, Cause like, I mean, we ran a lot in wrestling, but we weren't running over a mile in practice. Yeah. You know, it was more of like, that would just take up too much time for, for what we needed to focus on. And now, um, you, and now you're going to hit a thousand by June. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I will, dude, which is insane, bro. I mean, it's, it's so crazy to think that. And if you would have told, you know, if you would have told me a year ago that I'm going to be running 500 miles this year, I, would, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, I really wouldn't. But there was a, I had a YouTube video came out that I kind of touched on this a little bit. And I think the biggest part for me on like staying motivated, keeping my running in check was a couple things, but, but to get started first, not, you don't just fall in love with running on your first mile run. It's not how like, there's gotta be a decision to be made to where like, okay, I'm going to start running. You may not like it. Like that was me. I like you, you kind of motivated me to get into the running scene and I was just kind of doing it to like, I was your friend, you know, I was kind of also, I wanted to take control of my life fitness wise also. And like, Hey, Brad's doing this running thing. I'm going to do it too. But then as I started to be more consistent with it and really started digging into the details, experienced my first runner's high, I kind of see the, saw the body changes that my body was making, the physical and the biggest part being the mental. That really was when I fell in love with running. But I don't think I probably would have gotten there just because I know myself if I wouldn't have had a like signed up and paid for a race. Yeah. Cause like when I, when I endlessly train for nothing, like I don't, I, I, I lose interest cause there's nothing I'm working towards. Running has bring this new aspect of fitness into my life that I'm working towards a goal. Like when I was in the gym body, like doing bodybuilding type stuff, like I was endlessly training for nothing just to look better. And like, that's such a, the way I look at it now, I never really thought about it this way, but I'm like, well, no wonder I was giving up all the time. Like there was no end goal. And I was like, there was, there was times where I'm just like, this is boring and I don't want to do it. And sometimes I have that those days with running too, but that's where that race day comes in and like continuously wanting to get better and to look better and to stay better and where I'm at. So anyway, as long story short with the whole 500 miles thing, that's, that's the big reason why I hit that, that milestone. But now it's just a love dude. Like it's a hobby. Like I, I, I love it for the physical benefits I get. I love it for the mental benefits I get. I love it for um, it's 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 a constant com, uh, competition with myself to see myself improve, and this kind of goes with me being a wrestler. And you know, back in the day, is wrestling is you know it's a it's a team sport, but really it's a it's a one man sport. If you lose your wrestling match, 
you lost because you lost. You either gave up mentally or the other guy on the other side of the mat was just a better wrestler than you. Likewise, if you won, if you won your wrestling match, you won because you were the better man. You were the better wrestler. You beat that guy. No one else had any help in that wrestling match besides you. And running kind of that same style, like you're the one that chooses to get up, to go run, to do your workout, to continuously put in the work throughout the week. And that's what I think I love about it is I may be an outspoken, small talk type of guy, but I'm also very have this like loner thing I've, I've always been like my entire life like i'm very easy to be by myself i can go out to eat by myself i can go to movies by myself i enjoy time alone and running brings that joy to me too it's like i love having the alone time to just sit by myself or run with myself and, and, and have my thoughts in my brain so i want on some tangents there but this is stuff that i've just been thinking about for a while and and, and and more reasons why i love running but to get back to my my 11 mile run so this is the longest run I've had in a while. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the last big, you know, long run I've had that was 10 plus miles, not counting the, the 10 mile uh, race. I I just recently did about a month ago on Halloween. Um, the last big run I did like this was, uh, pre-injury. Yeah. So may, yep. So we're talking about seven months, six, seven Mm -hmm. months almost. Yeah. So it's been a while. So I was a, I wasn't really nervous. Like I knew I was the I knew I was gonna I knew I was gonna do it. But I also liked the um the prescribed workout you had for me. Mm-hmm. I saw the eleven miles and then I saw it was an eight minute uh and two minute interval. Eight minutes of running at marathon pace, two minutes of walking. Mm-hmm. That told me I was like, great. Because my marathon pace, that does intimidate me a little bit on these longer days because I personally don't feel like I'm there yet. So then I saw those walking intervals. I'm like, oh, perfect. This will be a perfect enough break for me to kind of unwind, lower the heart rate, get motivated for that next mile, and then go our next interval. So anyways, as I started, hit the first first interval. I was like, oh, this is going to be – I could already tell this was going to be great. I was hitting my miles, hitting my paces, staying pretty consistent. And I think the biggest thing was, too, that I noticed is I made sure I ate before this run. And I, we had leftovers from last night's or yesterday's breakfast. And I had biscuits and gravy for my breakfast in the morning. I was like, this may go one of two ways. Keep my stomach full or I'm going to shit my pants while I'm running. So I took the risk and it paid off. Um I, I did. I will say this. I felt so much better having those calories in me to where like when I did my 10 K time test, I had nothing in me. So like I felt the energy a lot longer, like last a lot longer in that time span. So that's, I think something very important. I kind of learned myself, like obviously I knew it, but like it was, it was time tested. Yeah. So uh, fast forward, you know, run, running the, getting the run done, knocking out my, my intervals, knocking out my miles, time kept going on. And sooner or later I got to like seven, eight miles. I'm like, damn, I am already almost done with this thing. And I ended up running to the beach. That's like my favorite run to do here is run from my house to the beach is literally like 11 and a half miles. Exactly. So I knew I'd finish at 11 and I have like a little less than a half a mile walk to the beach. So I have a couple spots on that run run that really motivates me it's like my favorite spots to hit one of them is a real big like long bridge that crosses over water and it's just kind of a a a cool 
part of the run for me to look forward to. It's towards the end. I will say this. I told you this before. Um, at mile eight or uh, eight or nine, like towards the end of eight, I was starting to feel my legs get a little, a little tired, a little sore. And I'm like, Oh shit, that mentally kind of messed with me a little bit. And you can even see it in my paces on my, on my reel, the entire run besides a pee break I had, that was at like mile five. I was like 13, 13, everything else was 11 forties, 11 fifties, except for mile, I think nine and 10. They were both in like the 12 twenties or something like that, because mentally I was all like, I have these thoughts in my head and I'm like, Oh shit. Like if my legs already hurt now at mile eight and nine, how in the hell am I going to make this, you know, another, another 15, 16, 17 miles. Like I got to do this run again, plus some. Right. So like, that's, you know, I mean, and I'm sure you've been there before, like mentally I'm thinking of that and thinking in miles and distance and what my legs feel like already. And I'm just like, Holy shit, bro. Are like, you know what you're in for in 50 days? And that's kind of, they kind of scared me a little bit. And that's why my paces dropped. I was messing with myself in my head. And, and I was just like, am I really going to be ready for this thing? I don't, and I still, I still think about that. Um, and I hope I am. So, and it ended up finished the run, finished strong. Last mile was like 1122, one of, one of the fastest ones I did. Finish at the beach. Family came and met me at the beach. We, I jumped in the water. It was a brisk, brisk swim. Uh, so I did my little cold plunge, made my legs feel like kind of tingly after the run, which was kind of a weird feeling, but felt good. Um, and then, yeah, dude, I mean, other than that, I feel good knee on my right knee, which wasn't the one I injured feels a little off a little bit. Um, but other than that, I feel, I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm curious what these two easy miles tomorrow will feel like, Mm -hmm. um, with the knee, but that's, Long story, but that's kind of the the gist of my eleven mile run. So now, um, well, t- I just want to talk about like why that workout, and um, you know, takeaways from my perspective, right? So, why is that programmed? Uh, what were the goals on my end? What did I want you to achieve, and things like that? So so other people can kind of like see the the other side, right? The guy behind the curtain. And obviously marathon pieces are important. Um, that's what you want to run your marathon at, right. but there's no way to, if you've never run a marathon, you don't really know what that marathon's going to be like. So the marathon pieces I have you at are predictions from your other tests, from your 5k tests, from your 10k tests, from your math. Like that's how we're setting those up. And so there's a little bit of, I, I wanted to push and see if you could hold those for eight minute intervals, regardless of the mileage. Like I'm more of a time guy, but I know you like miles. So like when I made, I could have done like three quarters of a mile, walk a quarter mile, but I really, I wanted, I wanted you to, I wanted you to see that you could do it as well. And you know, there's the eight minutes too is there's a whole different variations of ways you can do this where if it's if we're up to long, really long runs, it's probably going to be, you know, a, a 10 minute or a 20 minute block, a nice easy active recovery for five minutes, and then another 20 minute block. Things like that. Or for example, next week we're gonna do nine minutes versus a one minute walk. Because I wanna see if, you know, those two minutes is too much, two minutes is just right, like the Goldilocks approach to those rest periods. Because 
where we're going to be at, there's a very, very slim chance that we're going to be going out there and running for 26 miles straight. So we have to walk. And if you've seen my reels, so part of this is getting you okay with the fact that you're going to walk. And also when that time comes, knowing the benefit of that walk. When we spoke last night on the phone, one of the first things you said to me was, dude, the walks were great. Oh, I looked forward to them, man. <laughs> you know? And I want I want to normalize the fact that walking is is okay. Yeah. Like in my in my hundred K, I walked like 20 miles of the 40, you know, mm-hmm. like it's almost a third of the time, you know. And walking is great for and it's not even just walking it's oh my god i got to take a dump during the marathon you know that's going to affect my pace that's okay or i want to walk some water stations or i got to take a leak or my family's there and i want to pop a picture with my kids i want to normalize the fact that unless you're trying to qualify for boston you're going out there and you're having a good time regardless of what the pace is Mm -hmm. so like that was kind of it the mileage i've been just trying to slowly grow your mileage over time without going crazy um, I think you did like maybe an eight or 10 miler last week. And next week we're only going up by one mile from 11 to 12, which isn't a, a big jump. But, you know, if I go to 13, 14, which I know you could do, mm-hmm. you know, now it becomes, a, oh my God, that's so much more miles where now the only stress that you have is what's going to be the difference between eight and two and nine and one. Like when you look at the workout, hopefully the goal after you did that 11 was to not even think about the 12. Like the 12 was just like, hmm, like a little bit of sprinkle on top. That's the confidence that I wanted you to build going into the 12 without having you realize that, holy shit, I just, I'm going to run a half marathon essentially next weekend. Mm -hmm. But I I wanted to change the time and, and the time domain and everything like that to make it seem like the time was the workout and not the distance. So that's kind of like where I went for that. And I think too, there is an emotional stress that I, cause like, for example, you said like at eight miles, you're starting to think like, holy shit. Yeah. Like there is nobody that runs a marathon where at 20 miles, they don't think to themselves, holy shit. So I got to get you to that because let me ask you this. When you finished did you think back to the eighth mile when you felt like shit? Did you think mm. about that at all? Uh, not really. I mean, not right after. No. Yeah, but I mean, you reflected and you're like, okay, man, maybe like I I shouldn't have been feeling crappy at mile eight, dude. Nobody crosses the finish line. They're like, man, I, I feel I felt oh, yeah. amazing yeah. the entire right. So like, there's a little bit of that too of you know racing that type of distance. There's a, a huge emotional part too, mm-hmm. and there's highs and there are lows. So like if you would have finished and been like, Brad, I was fresh as a daisy, could have went all day, you know, then maybe I programmed it a little light, you know? So like part of that stress was to get you to be that place where you start to doubt yourself, but then we overcome and then we struggle a little bit because you're going to struggle in the marathon. Simple as that. And um, then too, just realizing, yeah, you say we have 50 days until we have to get there. And it's like, that's still 50 days, you know, it's still seven, it's still seven more weeks mm-hmm. and we don't need a huge, huge taper because we're not going to be beating ourselves up. And we're already at like 80, 85% of the total mileage that I want you to have for a week, which we're going to hit that probably by the end of the year. And then we're going to have like two weeks in January to really push some distance and have some fun, like those first two weeks in January. And then we'll just coast it in and, uh, we'll have a great day. The, um, you know, there's, 
more to long runs. Like I said, we also discussed this before, um, which whenever you're doing something like this, you should definitely like talk to coach about like, you know, ask the questions why, like, don't just go out and do it, you know, ask why and you did good. And we talked about that and we talked about the morning food and, you know, eating and things like that. And, and that pre, I told you, treat it like it's race morning, like get up what time you think you're going to get up, try and start your run at the time the race starts, because the more you get used to those outside physical, physiological things, like the better it is. And I tell people with your, like fall in love with a race morning breakfast. Like if you follow Nick bear, like you don't need to watch his video to know exactly what he ate on race morning. And I want to talk about him in a little bit, but like that dude is having sourdough, honey, peanut butter, a banana, and then a shaker bottle of two scoops of G1M, one scoop of electrolytes. And that's what he's sipping on pre-race. Like it's clockwork for him. And you know, that's how it should be. And like I posted my breakfast yesterday morning and I got like two or three people that DM me like, could have called that. Or one guy's like, oh shit, I thought it was going to be on an English muffin and you have it on toast. Like that's the type of thing you want. And I also like with the whole breakfast thing, like while you're falling in love with a breakfast and having your breakfast routine, know that sometime <laughs> falling in love with your breakfast. I love you breakfast. Oh, uh, my, my biscuits and gravy. <laughs> well, that, dude, and that's fine. Whatever it is. I don't care if it's fucking a slice of pizza, but also make sure that it's accessible on race day. Yeah, and for sure. What I what I mean by that is like if you love if you need to have the bagel at the store down the street from you, well, what are you gonna do when you travel to a different state and that bagel store isn't there? Mm-hmm. You know, so like and I learned that lesson the hard way. And I don't even remember necessarily what it what food it was that I was looking for, but I just remember going somewhere and it was maybe a little remote and I didn't have like that one little comfort food that made me feel warm and special inside. And I realized that, you know, the things that I better be able to travel with my food, like I can travel with toast, honey, and peanut butter, no big deal. You know, biscuits and gravy, you might be able to travel with that, but uh, be a hard one. <laughs> but this is also, this is going to be a local race for you. So that's going to be fine. You could fall in love with biscuits and gravy, but um, also like certain things treat people's stomach differently. Like carbs don't work well for me morning of. I have to carb load the night before. I can't really hit carbs in the morning. Like, 40, 50 grams of carb is like where I'm going to poop my pants, you know? And, um, now that I drink espresso and I know that I don't have to have 16 ounces of coffee, I can do it in two or three ounces and get the same caffeine. Like that's been a game changer for me, but my espresso machine isn't readily accessible. So like I'm still on my long runs, I'm still going to 7-Eleven and getting myself a 16 ounce cup of coffee because although it's not, there's not 7-Elevens everywhere, there's gas station, Dunkin' Donuts, coffee everywhere. I'm not going to be able to get my two shots of espresso and four ounces and a splash of oat milk like a weirdo. So like those, those things that we, that, you know, you really need to think about. And, um, I'm constantly thinking about those and that's to the beauty of long runs too, is you start to learn different things about yourself and you overcome different challenges every time, whether it's weather, food, taking a dump, this, that, and the other thing. And you just put that in your toolbox and, you know, like, I'll talk more about like what I put in my toolbox yesterday and like the things that I see people when we're out there racing or we're out there doing something, you're going to look around and you're like, how how did this person or how are they doing it so effortlessly where I can't like in the style of race that I did yesterday, 
you know, I was beating myself up and, and my wife is like, Brad, think about all the people that PR'd at 10 miles, PR'd at 15 miles. My friend Tosh PR'd 20 miles, but at 20 miles, she was blown up, you know, like took everything in her, which is awesome. She pushed to her limits. So it's like, we can't take for granted. Like the only reason I was able to do better is because I had more experience. I knew what 20 miles felt like. Wasn't I was a better runner. I'm probably not fitter than her but I knew what 20 miles felt like. So I'm able to do that. And the guys that went 24 hours, you know, I was talking in the winter, he's a buddy of mine. And I'm like, you know, what's like, how did I crash and burn? And when you passed me in that 50 second mile and gave me a high five, how did you look so fresh? He's like, Brad, you know how many times I've been to 55 miles before? Yeah. He's like, He's like, you know what I mean? He's like, and not even like fitness wise. He's like, you know how many times I've been in a real dark place at 50? Mm-hmm. You know how many times I've, I've waddled through 50? He's like, he's like, I, w- I, w- you know how you weren't worried about 50 K I wasn't worried about 50 miles and it's not because I'm fitter. It's just because I have more tools. I've been there. I experienced more. I've done more things. And that's like, that's a part that you can't, you can't look at somebody else and and project them onto you, you just have to realize they probably just have more experience than you, you know? And that's something to look forward to also with like the whole thing I was mentioning at the beginning of this podcast is like, it's uh testing yourself. And that gets me motivated to want to have those experiences to like, all right, <clears throat> I know I'm going to hit 26.2 miles, probably the first time in my life. Whenever I run that marathon. Oh, and we're like, going to cry together. and then dude like and then in a year man you're gonna be telling somebody else yeah i'll come peace like you won't even have to think about it you'll be like oh i'm not to say that i'm gonna just step up and walk a marathon like i'm still training for stuff so like a marathon is gonna be in my distance you know my doable distance for what i'm training for but i don't have to like think about am i going to be able to make you successful. Like I'll, I'll have the confidence to go in and help you and, and bring you as fast as you want to go only because I've done the marathon distance now so many times. It's just a tool that's like readily accessible. Like a carpenter can just pull his hammer and smack a nail first try. You know, that's, it's not like overall fitness or anything like that. I think there's a huge part. Once you get above half marathon of just confidence Mm-hmm. And that's why when I say to you right now that you're going to smash grindstone and you're like, ah, dude, I, I'm struggling in eight miles. I can't imagine doing 60. Right. And that was every race for me until today. You know, like when I did the 50K and I had a 60K on the calendar, I'm like, I finished that 50K. I'm like, dude, I know it's only 10 more K, but I'm not going to be able to fucking do that. And then I did the 60K and I'm like, this is a six, this is only 40 miles. How am I ever going to do a hundred? I am broken emotionally, physically, man. I almost quit running after that 60K. But then when I was at the 50K and I was at the 50K and I was 60K into that, I'm like, I, I've been here, you know, like I, I can, I can, ha- like, I didn't have to worry about, oh, what's 60K going to feel like? Cause I already knew, you know, and I was able to bring that into the hundred K and you're going to step up and you're going to do certain things. I know the progression that you're going to take where right now you can't fathom going Mm -hmm. 60 miles, 
But and and don't get it twisted when when we're when we're in Virginia in September, you're going to go to bed not wondering if you're going to finish it, but not to, you're not going to be like I'm not going to finish it because I'm not ready. You're going to say to yourself, I'm not sure if I'm going to finish this because I fu- I never fucking been there. That's you know, and yeah. it's going to be my job as crew and and, <coughs> and and pacers and whatnot to be like you got me- remember remember when we spoke in December. And you were afraid of that fucking marathon. Well, you're two mar- <laughs> you're two marathons yeah. in right now, you know. Or like, hey, remember when you were when we were joking about how at eight miles in a twelve mile training run, you didn't you didn't know, like, <laughs> you know. And then it's going to be like we're going to get to April, and you're going to be running twelve miles is going to be your easy Tuesday run. Like these are the things that really are the best the best part of this sport that I found, and I'm still learning. Like two years in is like. There's an endless achievement bucket. There's it, dude, whether it's like, I I just ran for this long and I didn't have to, I didn't have diarrhea. Like I finally figured out GI. I finally figured out how many calories I could take in. I finally know the perfect shoes and socks to wear. I, I, I finally know like what pace I can hold for what distance. I finally know my heart rate without looking at my watch. Like there's just these endless things. And then you look at other people and you see what they're achieving. Like I'm running next to this guy, Ryan Clifford yesterday, and I know him. He doesn't know me, which probably means he's a lot fitter than me. And I also tend to stalk people out on the internet, (laughs) not in a creepy way, but in like a semi creepy way. But the 50 (laughs) K that I did, I recognize the name, the 50 K I did. He ran that trail 50 K in like two and a half hours, dude. Like, Oh my gosh. So, like for shits and I told I knew the race director yesterday and I'm like, yo, how long can Clifford go? And he's like, I talked to him off the record and he said he's pretty comfortable going like 150, 200 miles if he needs to. And this guy was going out and running fast. Like out of like you're supposed to go slow in a backyard ultra, and he was cooking. And I'm like, one, I think it was like the seventh or eighth lap. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna go out with Ryan. I just want to talk to him for I knew he was a really nice guy. And we're like jogging down the road. And I'm trying to keep my heart rate under 120 for most of the day. Like I want to stay like a hundred to 115, 120 on the uphills. But I'm trying to like keep up with him a little bit. And I know I'm at 130. I'm like talk fast. And he's a little bit of a talker like me. So like I just wanted to say what's up, blah, 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 and get him out of there. And I was like, you know, what are you feeling today? And he's like, oh, he's like, I can, I can pretty much go for a while. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like your, your last hundred was recently. Right. And he's like, yeah. And I was like on a track and he goes, yeah, I want to see how fast I could run a hundred miles. And he did that seven thirty pace. Oh my gosh, dude. And I was like, are you, so I was like, yeah. So I was like, so for a guy like that, <clears throat> I, I asked him like, do you train heart rate or like, how are you dealing with today? Like, are you just going by pace? He's like, no, I'm a heart rate guy. But like my watch isn't even like registering yet. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he looks at his watch and he like kind of flashed his watch up at me. And the only thing on his, uh, he had watch and time, uh, he had heart rate and time and his heart rate was 68. 68. What? 68. He was at 70. 70. And it's gotta be like a genetic thing or something, dude. dude. It broke me emotionally <laughs> because I'm low heart rate guy. <laughs> yeah, no shit. 
and like I don't know if I got him on like maybe we're going down a little bit downhill. I don't remember exactly. What do but you I think? Just, what do you think causes him to have such a low heart rate? Dude, he's that aerobically fit. His body transports wow. and brings in oxygen that efficiently. Man. He's a tall, he's a tall, leaner guy. I wouldn't, you wouldn't like look at him like he's a skinny vegan, but like, and guys, for all the vegans out there, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, not making fun of vegans, but you know what they look like. Most of them, except for Andy Glaze, his legs are tree trunks. Um, he was, yeah, he's just like he, a little taller guy, and yeah, like, he's just that aerobically fit. Wow, dude, I could not imagine. I mean, I'm my resting heart rate is what he's running at freaking. Oh my god, but. So, but now listen to this at 50 miles, I said to him, I'm like, well, you know me, I like to joke and keep spirits high. And there was 70 something people left. And I walked in like, Hey, you, you motherfuckers can quit whenever you want. How many people started? 195, 195, 196, something just under 200. Okay. So half the field is left. Okay. And I'm like, you know, you, you motherfuckers could drop out whenever you want, you know? And like, mm-hmm. we all got a good chuckle. And I'd spoken to Ryan a couple of times. And after that, and we're sitting there at the three minute bell and he's like, I'm a high, high, are you, are you still a hundred percent? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I had some GI things like early on, like two, three hours, but everyone does. You're, you're getting adapted to eating different weird foods on the hour, things like that. And, uh, you know, just like that, the tables turn on him though. He had to drop at 75. His uh, hamstring and IT just started acting up. And it goes to show, and like, especially a race format like that, it, you need a little bit of luck. It's so hard in this sport to have a great day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially like a format like that, where this guy can come out and be a metronome, you know, at 730 pace forever. When you're forced to stop, forced to sit in a chair, Forced to eat maybe when you're not hungry, but you know you should be. It, it was a, a completely different animal, but you surround yourselves like a, the whole point of this was seeing other people and thinking to yourself, how the fuck is 68 beats per minute possible? But then you go back and you look at his resume and you're like, this dude has been training for that for years. Like he's not a year and a half in. He's 10 years in cross country background. Like, yeah. you know, th- and there's... And there were six savages like that all over the place yesterday, dude. All That's, over, all over so, the place. So, so, what, so you, so Backyard Ultra, mm-hmm. that was your race this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so first, I guess, kind of explain that for someone who doesn't know what that is and then talk about what you, you did, where you were at, because you kind of skipped that, that stuff. Okay. So the Backyard Ultra was um, designed by this guy, Lazarus, Lazarus Lake. And uh, he's a race director and he has a huge plot of land. And he tells the story of, you know, back in the day, he wondered, you know, how long people could go at 100 miles, 100 miles for 24 hours. Like if you could hold that pace and that pace ended up being like 14 and change and ended up being like 4.167 miles per hour. So this guy went out on his property and he looped out 4.167 miles on his property and then invited a bunch of fit ultra runners that he knew from his community and said, Hey, let's see how many of these that you could do every single hour. You have to stop though at the end of your lap 
and you're not allowed to go back out until the mile starts. I'm going to keep you at this pace and I want to see how long you can go for. And the format has been around for years, but during COVID, when people had to all over the world were restricted to their homes or small properties or things like that, it just blew up. And he did one virtually on like a Zoom call on a treadmill. Everyone had their webcams on the treadmill and you had to show your treadmill and you had to be on your treadmill. So you run really fast. Like Ryan yesterday was coming in at 38 minutes, pretty much consistently. And that was very easy for him for 4.12 miles. So coming in at 38 minutes, he had to go sit in a chair for 22 minutes. Where me, I was trying to come in between 48 and 50 minutes a lap. I had to sit for 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, you eat, you poop, you drink, you say hello, whatever you got to do. And then they blow a whistle for three minutes. They blow a whistle at two minutes. They blow a whistle at one minute. Everybody goes out again. And you're either out when you quit or you're out if you don't make the four miles, 4.16 miles in the one hour allotted time. So yeah, it started with 196 people. And this I've done this format. Uh, this is the second time I did it. The last time I did it was only with like 60 people. Uh, and this was, dude, it was huge. And it was all on trail. So it's a lot of single track trails. So you had to like get out onto the road before you dipped into the, dipped into the trails, before you dipped into the trails to like kind of get your spot in line. But it was also like a blessing because like the bottlenecks and stuff, as you'd come into the trail, they were forcing you to keep a nice slow pace. And it was right down the block for me. So that was beautiful. My wife did it. Her friends did it. A bunch of people did it that I know. And so we had a nice little crew there, tables, tents, chairs, like it was a grand old time. And uh, the weather here in New York couldn't have been any better, dude. I think the at 8 a.m. when we went off, it was like 50 degrees. No, it was like 40 degrees and it got up to like 50, sunny, great. And as the day goes on, like in, a, in an ultra, a real ultra, like the pack thins out, maybe you'll run with somebody for a mile or two or you'll catch up with somebody, you'll run for 30 minutes or in a hundred, maybe you'll walk with them throughout the night, something like that. But in this one, you, every hour you were forced to reset and stand with the same people and go again. And nobody was trying to run out in front because it wasn't a race of speed. So if you got caught in a little bottleneck, instead of being like, Oh, I got to get around this guy. He's really slowing down my pace. You're just like, Oh, Hey, how are you? (laughs) Or like, Oh, what shoes are those? Or Hey, how many miles are you looking to get today? And this format is really, really great for, I say like sub marathoners, even sub sub 50 K to PR your distance because you don't have to worry. You can go out so easy that like, like 14 minutes is just faster than walking. It's like, I don't, mm-hmm. you'd have to really be power walking. You would look like a weirdo. You'd be like flailing your arms if you're trying yeah. to walk at 14, unless you're like one of those like Olympic like people <clears throat> that like walks up really fast. So you do have to run. And uh, so, yeah, so you just start to meet people. And I, the one I did in June, like I still keep, I met like lifelong friends that day because you realize that like you're all at, you find people that automatically you find people that, that do what you like to do. 
Mm-hmm. They're sick freaks like you. And then like, I don't know, you just start to learn people and that that's the best part. And when I signed up, I knew I was like, my favorite part about tomorrow is going to, I know I'm going to make a lifelong friend. And I definitely did. And the lifelong friend that I made, he, he happened to have won the race, which I'll talk about Jacob in a second. But yeah, the, I, I felt really, really good most of the day. I had a goal of 100K. I, I talked about it. Um, and I, I, when I did talk about it, I said that I was going to re with such a big field. Like I wanted to do well, but like if I knew that I wasn't had a chance of winning it or doing really, really well, like I wasn't going to hurt myself and jeopardize training because Canyon is number one. So when I got to 50K, there was still like a hundred and something people left. I felt good, but we were getting ready to go into the night loops. So for safety, they bring it out onto a road instead of running around in the trail. It's not a rule, but usually like if you're going to get anybody that's been around a race director or tried to run a race, there's no county in the nation, really. There's, I'm sure there's some, but very few counties in the nation, if you don't have a huge running community or running history or past, are going to let you run around in their trails at night, especially during hunting season. Like it's just not going to happen. So you go from running in these trails and then running up and down this road. I told you that it just broke me, but mm-hmm. when we got to 50 miles, uh, I was like, mm, this is just so boring. And there were 75 people left. It was nine o'clock. I'm thinking to myself, man, I can get home, get into bed. And this is, I'll tell you, this is one thing I put in my toolbox. Um, and I wasn't going to quit in the chair. I was slowing down. I would for the 40, the four, uh, for the 42, the 44 and the 48 mile loops or no, it was like, no, it was 50, 46 and 42, 42, 46 and 50. I was the last person to come in. And I talked about this with my last backyard, like being in the back and knowing you're last. It's lonely, dude. Yeah. And, uh, I made the 50, the 50 mile cut I made with three, three or four minutes to go. But the crazy thing about that, and this is why this is some things I'm proud of at the two mile mark of that 50 mile loop. I hit the two mile mark at 33 minutes. So I had to negative split the way back Mm -hmm. to get in. So I negative splitted back the three minutes and then I got myself another three minutes on top of that. And there's, there's two ways to look at that. One, I was being a little bitch on the way out (laughs) (laughs) or two, like uh, it was an extreme elevation difference Mm -hmm. or three, you know, I, I said like, I, this is not how I'm going out. Yeah. Because if I didn't finish in time, I wouldn't have got credit for the 50 miles. It was a little bit of an elevation thing, but nothing crazy. We're here on Long Island. Like there's nothing. I think the loop, the total loop had maybe 150 feet of change. But I really, I got to that turnaround. And I said, I am not going out like this. I'm not, I'm not. And um, I burnt a lot of matches, a lot of ma- my highest heart rate of the day was that last two miles in. And Another th- so I'm proud of that. I'm the- I'm also proud because when I came in the race director, uh, Mike Petrina was like, "You done?" And I was like, "Fuck no, I'm not done." Like the time kicks me out of this race, mm-hmm. you know, not my mind. Um, so he's like, "All right, you got three minutes." So I went up, I hit a red bolt, blah 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 blah, got back to go out for 54, and I was still in with one of my friends, Carrie Lanzarata, which made it a lot easier because she had friends and family there too. Um, my wife. 
knowingly, I, she had to go home, put the kids to bed. You know, my kids go to bed at seven. So this is nine 30 <laughs> now. And, uh, we went out and it just, I burnt too many matches. It just didn't feel right. I got to one mile. My piece was at 14 and I'm like, I'm getting close. And then I got to that two mile and I was at 40 minutes and I'm like, yeah, I ain't negative swing back 10 minutes. And I knew the race was over. I got back and I didn't make the cut. <clears throat> and my wife surprised me and came back. And I was like, gosh, oh, she's like, I thought you were going to be out there for longer. And I'm like, Oh my God, it feels so terrible. That you came uh, out. But, um, but, but yeah, no, Okay. The biggest thing is is your canyons race, though, right? Like, if I feel like if you didn't have canyons on the horizon, you didn't have your your program you're doing right now. Like, I feel like also mentally, I bet you could have went a little longer. If dude, if I if I didn't have canyons and I yeah. wasn't worried about these minor, like today I'm 85. percent Like I'm gonna run tomorrow. Perfect. Like, we're good. Feet are amazing. I had a, a a almost perfect day. Good. Um. So yes, there was a huge part of that was like, there's so many people. And also too, I probably would have pushed it even with canyons if there was say 10 people left. Mm, okay. You know, but like, dude, there was a strong feel. I think there was seven females, not taking anything away from females, but generally they don't go that long. There was seven females left when I finished. Right. You know, there were some fucking killers out there. Yeah. And, um, and I'm not saying like, oh, I can't win. I quit. But like, like you mentioned, I have to weigh the pros and the cons of the future. This isn't like grindstone where I could take a month off after and mm -hmm. recover, you know, like sure. I'm thinking to myself, I got a coach that I got to tell. And even though my coach was like, I'd like you to get a hundred K the conversation needs to be coach. I didn't get a hundred K cause I had to listen to my body and I want to train on Tuesday or I didn't hit a hundred K because I didn't want to and I'm fresh and whatever. Like there's, that's two different conversations. Yeah. So I, I mean, at first I was a little disappointed I didn't get a hundred K, but I'm thinking to myself, it's just, it's not worth it. And I did push my limits and like, by no means was I like strolling in. I was like, I could win a hundred miles, but you know what? I'm going to cash it. It's not like that at all. Like I was, I was th properly thrashed for the, yeah. for the night. And I, I mean, I ran 52 miles or something like that, but, uh, it's insane, dude. My, um, I got to shout out my good friend, Carrie Lanzarata. She had never, her 50 K was her PR miles. And oh, nice. And she, she hit over 50. She said, Brad, you know, we'll quit together at 50. And I said, that's, that's fine. And she, we, we ran a little on that 50 loop and she was like, I just, I don't feel great. And I'm starting to get pain here and there struggle. She struggles from arthritis. And I'm like, I, listen, you have PR miles. Like you have everything to be proud of, you know? And, uh, we got, we're like, we got back and she comes in. I'm like, we done. She's like, she goes, oh my God, so many people just dropped at 50 because 50 is a milestone. So people mm -hmm. get there and they're like, I'm good. Yep. So she's like, if I just go out and do one more, then, you know, I'm going to shoot up the leaderboard by all those people that quit because you tie for everyone. Like, I think on the leaderboard, I ended up being like 37th on the list, but like, I really tied for 31st place. I think there was like 20 something of us that went out after that 50 mile. Got it. And I'm like, yeah, Carrie, you'll jump. 20 spots if you go out. As <laughs> soon as she went out, I said to her husband, you know your wife, once she gets back from this, she's she's going to see 100K. She's going to want that. And Jim was like, yeah, I know. We're going to be here for a couple more hours. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sure as shit, she gets back and she's at 54 miles now and came in at like 50 minutes. Plenty of time. Perfect. Plenty of time. Like, 
uh, Kara, guess what? You're going back out. And she's like, ah, I just wanted one more. And we're like, you're going back out. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you got a hundred K like in the bag. If you go out for one more, you're not going to get a hundred K on the next one, but there's no way you just went 50 minutes. Like you're not struggling in. So we gave her some food, got her on the line. She went back out and just, I think she went even quicker on that one. And then she got back and we're like, not only is this the, not only is this the hundred K loop, but you'll be third female. You're one of three females going out. And she's like, all right, I'm going out for hundred K. So she, yeah, she got hundred K. She doubled her, her PR miles by 30. Damn. That's awesome. Dude. And I'm not, I'm not saying this too, to throw her under the bus, but she's in her fifties. Wow. Yeah. Unreal 50, dude. 50, 50 years old. Yeah. So like shit like that takes everything away from what I did. Like I didn't, mm. I didn't even care. Like in the moment you're like, boom, boom. Yeah. And but uh, running's bad for your knees, dude. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm so I get, I'm getting that now. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. It's okay. Sure go sit on the couch and drink beer then. It, 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 <laughs> well, it's funny you say the beer thing, but like, yeah, no, with the, yeah, your knees. Yeah. I'll take that over a heart. I'll take so, my sore knees right now over a heart attack or even a hangover. I'll take no that. shit, dude. It was funny. I said to my brother last night when I wasn't feeling good, I texted him on my way home and I'm like, man, being a drunk was a lot easier. <laughs> And then oh, yeah. uh, he sent me a, a pic. He didn't answer. He was sleeping. He sent me a picture this morning at five o'clock in the morning of an x-ray. So my brother's an ortho and uh, got called in at four o'clock in the morning. A 35-year-old father of two fell down the stairs at his buddy's holiday party shattered his ankle in like three places. He's like, guess what this guy got for Christmas? 10 a plate 10 screws and a really pissed off wife Uh, (laughs) i was like gosh all right maybe i didn't want to be drunk last night i take that back he's like yeah he's like when i saw that going into the er i read that text as i was going in i'm like oh man i can't wait to tell brad this story he's like (laughs) the wife went home at 10 o'clock and he did the old come on babe let me just stay it's no big deal he's like yeah he went home at four no he left the party he's not dancing his wife left the party at 10 he left it at four in an ambulance oh my gosh two little kids he had surgery today he wasn't going home till monday you gotta love those holiday parties jesus merry christmas but I'll tell you what I learned yesterday. And hit me when, with it. When I spoke to my coach, this was one thing I told him immediately. I was like, before I try and make excuses, I need you to hit me hard with this. One of my major, major weaknesses right now is being alone in the dark. Not because I'm scared, but emotionally. And I broke. Like, what do you think? Like, what, what's going through your head when you're. I'll, when I'm, you're... A, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. Um, but like, it broke me in grindstone. You saw that reel when I was like, I don't I remember you telling me about it. Yeah. I don't want to turn this fucking headlamp on again. I think what happens is we love trail running because we're in nature. There's so much to distract you. And you know, there's other people around. It's just, it's just nice. There's birds chirping, there's leaves, just everything's great. When you put on the headlamp, it's the only thing that there's nothing to distract you because you can only see three feet in front of you. And it's the only time where you're officially alone with your mind. And it just so happens in the races that I did, it was at the point 
of the day slash race where my mind was the weakest mm. and most vulnerable. And like when you're on the trails and you start to get in a low point, you're like, I just got, just got to get around this log or just get to this bend or I know where the next climb is. But when you're alone in the dark with a headlamp, you're just like, the things are like, where, what's next? Like, what am I doing here? It's, it's, it's midnight. Like what, why, like why, you know, and you can't, you can't see people like people pass you and like, you don't recognize anybody because if you look at anybody, you just see their headlamp and it blinds you. So like everybody on the course is just a bright light. Like I didn't, I'm running, we had to go out and backs on this road. Like my friend Carrie, like I didn't even know which one she was. Like you didn't even get to do that. Like, great job. Keep it up. Like you don't get to do that anymore. It's through the night is a killer. And I tried like, I ran for five hours in the dark. So it was dark. The four, it got dark in the 4 PM loop. So I did four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 in the dark. And like, I tried at like eight o'clock to like put headphones on, but you know me, I'm not a headphone music listen anyway, but I'm like, I got to try and distract my mind. But then like the music just made it worse for some reason. It just like, I was trying too hard to focus on something else. And I felt like the music was just giving me too much emotional energy. And I, I also, this was at the point where you really are focusing on like, keep your pace, right. You know, uh, keep your stride, right. Like, you know, you're trying to focus on so many mechanical things that like the music was screwing that up. And I, I said to coach, I was like, you got to get me out there in the nighttime. You got to get me, my long runs have got to be starting in the day, like going through golden hour and going into the night. Like that, that is going to be because I cannot under any circumstances avoid the darkness in my hundred miler. Like unless I'm going 17 hours, which I am not Zach Miller, it's, it's not fucking happening. So speaking of which Zach Miller just ran rim to rim to rim in six hours, 48 minutes, 48 miles, 42 miles and 12,000 feet. He did in six hours anyway, but uh, like you can't, you can't do that. So I, uh, my biggest fear, like you're worried, like I'm at eight miles. How right. am I going to get to 26? I'll, I'll tell you this. So maybe we can go back and reflect on it. My biggest fear right now is I don't know how I'm going to make it through the night and canyons summertime. Oh no, April. It's going to get dark at about seven o'clock. It's going to be dark from seven to seven. I have 12 hours in the darkness in, in the trails in like the real wilderness trails. And right now, dude, I have no fucking idea how I'm going to do that. Physically, I think I can run a hundred miles, but mentally I am far, far, far away from being able to run a hundred miles. Mm. I have a recording error. <laughs> Mine's good. Okay. Well, we're going to keep going. Then <laughs> Mine says recording error. So hopefully it, my mind shows up. Maybe it's just your video and we don't need to see you anyway. That's true. Yeah, it, it just popped up. So yeah, everything's good on mine. But yeah, no, like uh, so yeah, that's what I learned. Hopefully the tools I need to put in, because I didn't I didn't get any confidence. The night broke me again. I was hoping for confidence. Right. Or the like night, the, that you've already been through it and now night, I was just yep. this instead I came home and I was like, the night got me. I can say all the things I want about I only needed 50. I could have went longer. Yeah. The nighttime, I'm, I'm fine admitting it. The nighttime, it broke me. It broke That's me. It's interesting. 
I'm, I, I'm curious, like, <clears throat> cause like I won't experience those things until I get to certain miles, like our, our bigger races. I mean, so I'm curious what my like crypt, uh, kryptonite will be and I'm gonna, a long race like that. And I don't want you to go through what I went through. I'm going to have you running at night and on tired legs, like for grindstone in the summer, we're going to have like, get up at six and do like 15 or 20 miles and then go back out at 8 PM and run another 10. Yeah. Like we're going to do that. We have to, Mm-hmm. Because not only has to be the night, it has to be when your mind is broken. Like mm-hmm. whether it's, a, it's whether it's the Sunday after a really long run or something like that. It, yeah, you got to be. Yeah, I think be I'm tough. learning. I'm learning more and more about this distance that like, and I hear about it when I hear training programs and people are like, dude, you don't need to run hundreds and hundreds of miles to finish a 100 mile race. Like people do it on 70, 80. And for, for the longest time, I'm like, I'm running 60 and barely getting through 100K. How are they only running 10 miles more than me and they feel like they can run 100? Well, I know that now. I don't know how I'm going to pull it off, but I know that they're running 80 because they're confident enough emotionally and mentally to get through the rest of it. Like anything over... Taylor Spikes says anything over 10 miles is hard. It's it's true. You know, like you are never going to feel better than you do at mile 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> ever. So it's like once you get to a certain point, you're 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 going to be crappy. I said to the guy that won the race yesterday, I'm like, Jacob, like when did things start to suck? And he's like, when it got dark. And I was like, so you suffered from 4 p.m. till 8 a.m. when the sun came up. And he's like, dude, I hated the dark. I hated dark. Like, yeah, I suffered all night. <laughs> but he's like, but I've suffered all night before. So it's like, was I going to go home and tell people like, oh, the night, he couldn't go home and say the nighttime got him. He's done the nighttime a bunch of times. You know, he had to say something else got him and nothing got him and he won. <laughs> something got everybody else but him. <laughs> Oh, maybe you do have a recording error. Are you still there? Oh, he gone. Oh, are you back? I'm back. I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on, dude. <laughs> I said we did have a recording error. Yeah, you got, you got that that lo-fi Wi-Fi over at the house. No, it should be good to go. I don't know what's going on. All right, you're good to go. Okay, cool. I was just talking about how Jacob just suffering that long. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, and that like he. Not, the night wasn't going to beat him. We had to find someone else to beat him, but the night beat everybody that's else some, before him. So that's something I'm, I'm curious, like how I'll react to is, is the mental state, you know? Cause like, I, I like to think that I'm a, I'm a mentally strong person, but I've never tested myself like that before. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, like to, to experience that much of a, yeah. of suffer, but also, I'm, I'm nervous to, to to for it to happen. Yeah, and we're gonna work. We're gonna work on the mileage suffering first, mm-hmm. and then when you're comfortable with the mileage, then. And I think, like when I wanted to get a coach, that episode we talked about me wanting to get a coach, and how one of the reasons I want to is because I felt like I got myself to grindstone with just the bare minimums that I needed to get there and and finish. I think the mental part was. I thought it was like strength training and things like that, but. I think the main thing I was missing from Grindstone was the mental part. 
like mm. the mental suffering. I've never, I did that real. I was like all the times I thought I was fucked. I was not fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like I had, I had no idea what fucked felt like. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but dude, that's, that's that I'm not running from it. I can't wait. I can't wait till I'm like oh, all night. No big deal. I see people on Instagram now go out and run all night. And I'm like, how are these killers doing this? It's nuts, dude. Can we talk so about crazy. Can we, uh, I know we're getting to the end here, but I uh, I want to first talk about the one killer who you know I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I, I love him in pieces, but I have to give credit where credit's due. <coughs> what Nick Bear did at the CIM Marathon is inhuman to me. The dude is a unit. He is a metronome. And it's unreal. He just posted like his quick recap on YouTube. If if you're a big muscular guy and you're like running's not for me, look up Nick Bear on YouTube right now. And the title of the video is the CIM CIM uh, post race breakdown or something like that. And then like of course in the video, like it opens up with him doing like strict pull ups with like a view from behind and like the seven million muscles that he has in his shoulders. Like just just ex- even Tara's like, oh my god! I'm like, I know Tara. This is you're allowed to look at this with like he's a fucking unit and mm-hmm. his they for the CIM they gave five k splits. His five k split was the same for the entire race. Six oh five, six oh five, six oh five, six oh five, six oh five. And then he went one thirty, uh, two thirty nine. And then, Unreal, uh, dude. what other shout out did I want to? Oh, your boy, Casey Neistat. I saw that too today. He sub three. A what do you say? Seventeen years and twenty four marathons later. Yep, something like that. He he had a goal. He was in an accident. I don't know if you know this. So he has all plates and I think his femurs titanium. And uh, doctors told him he never run again. And he said, 17 years ago, I told myself that I will run a sub three hour marathon. And then in New York was his 23rd marathon. And he went three hours and like six seconds or something like that this past November, the last month. And uh, he went down to Tucson today and he went 257 or something like that. It's awesome, dude. Posted on Instagram, like mission accomplished. So cool. And 2025, they're... Uh, Destination Trail, Candice Burke, who did who has the world world record for the most consecutive days doing an ultra marathon, announced the Arizona 300 from in, down in Tucson, 309 miles. April 20, April 2025. Me? No, well, I don't know about you. I was gonna say I'm not doing it. <laughs> my name, my name is going on that list, dude. Oh, dude, that's I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start to put that into the ether. 309 miles. I think 70, oh, 72,000 feet of change. Oh wow, dude! We're gonna be what's Mount Everest? What's Mount Everest elevation? Uh 20, 28,000. 20. Well, I think the climb. Yeah, it's like twenty-eight thousand something feet. So you're basically climbing Mount Everest twice or three, three times. Three times. <laughs> I think Everest is twenty-eight thousand feet of change. 29,000. 29,000, like 8,000 meters or something like that. What the f- <laughs> That is unreal, dude. So, my still my goal stands it. My my dream race is uh, uh Cocodona. But if you can do Cocodona, don't you want to go like just 50 miles more? Nope. It's uh it's the there's a 
the prestige. I get it. Yeah, there's a prestige around an aura yeah. around it. Yeah. Yep, for sure. That's what got me into all this. That was part. That was a big part of what got me into all this. So yeah, so I'll do I'll do the uh, I'll do the Monster 300 in April, and then in May you could do Cocodona. I don't know if I'll be ready by then for that. I don't know. Tell me after the 100k. Yeah, well, that's that's a good point. Oh, by the way, speaking of 100k, uh, so Lindsay will be there. Your wife. Yep, you're. I'm guessing maybe we'll be there. Oh, I'm gonna be there. Okay, good. You'll be there. I'm sleeping in the separate twin bread. I'm coming on your dime. Yeah. Yeah. So also, um, uh, my mom said she may try to help and show mm. up. Mm. I know. I was like, heck yeah. She's like, because like she's still. Every run, almost every run, she'll send me a text like, "Go get it, son. You're doing so good." You know, whatever. And she's we were. Oh, she's still getting night. the updates when you go out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. tracks. Yeah. So she was. We were talking there night. She's like, "I, I, I kind of want to come to your 100k race." I think. And I was like, "Well, if you come, you're gonna have to help crew." And she's like, "Oh, I can do that." And I was like, "All right. I mean, come on out." Yeah, she can, and it's it's great, but it's a long day. That's what I told her. I said, you are out there. Oh, she's be, a trooper though, dude. Like she'll, she can do like any of that shit. It could be a really long day. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Trust me. <laughs> oh, my my wife did uh, 19 or 20 hours, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's. And the hardest part is in those 19, 19 hours, she saw me for a total of yep. eight or nine minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be long. Yeah, there's there's no like all right, he's going back out. Let's go get something to eat and maybe we'll get right. some shopping done. Yeah. It's like oh, no, we boy. have to we have to drive deep into the woods and wait for him to get there and we don't know when that's gonna happen. It's oh. gonna happen sometime between five and nine hours from now. <laughs> Yikes. I can't wait. I'm I I mean I want to get through this marathon and finish that and then I'll be ready for I'm glad that you're in it because so many people ask if I'm going for redemption and I'm like, can't, it's JJ's race. (laughs) Can't do it. It's JJ's race. Oh, man. We'll see how it goes, dude. I'm looking forward to the training for it and hopefully, you know, staying healthy and everything. So, yeah, I'm only putting canyons on the calendar. I didn't get into the Chicago Marathon Lotto, so I'm probably going to do Havlin Havlin 100 and, uh, Kicking ass, taking names. Ah, it's fun, man. It is. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. The uh, I don't today. Tomorrow's my wife's birthday, so tomorrow's the eleventh. We'll have one. We'll have one more episode before the end of the year. But uh, I'm getting pretty close to that one year sobriety too. So I'm pretty fired up. When's the date for that? The uh first? Christmas. Okay. I drank on. Uh, I drank on Christmas night. Damn, dude! Insane. Props to you, dude. It's, uh, funny how fast a year goes. That's crazy. And you did dry January last year, right? Uh, April. Oh, dry April. All right. Yeah, that was my month. Good. Yep. Good, good, good. Maybe dry January leading into the race be top form. Uh, yeah, that's actually really good. I probably will do that. Yeah, it's a great idea. Might as well be a complete savage. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll for one hundred percent do that. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening and uh, follow us along over on um, Instagram, Push Through Podcast. And uh, you can watch us on YouTube if you're listening on Spotify or something like that. You can see the visuals. 
can see the awesome flannel that I'm wearing and JJ's camo. <laughs> over on you, over on YouTube, guys. Or can you see me? <laughs> you do blend in. If you had a desk with your books on it, you would stand out. But without the oh desk, you blend God. right into your carpet. <laughs> you said it, not me. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for sticking around with us, and we'll catch you next time.